0: This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Making the most of now. Young women in Otatahi, Christchurch, New Zealand, talk about living through the earthquakes, the mosque shootings, and the COVID-19 pandemic. These oral histories were recorded by Louise Tapper and Rosemary DePleese thanks to the Christchurch branch of the National Council of Women, the Collaborative Trust, and UC Quake Studies. We hear from Sarah today. Sarah is 19 and in her first year of university.
1: Can you tell me a bit about your life at this moment, 21st
2: of September? Sure. Um, so, I'm studying at the university. I'm doing law and geography for my first year. Um, I am flatting with my three best friends from high school in Hoonhei. Um, what else is happening? I am regrettably unemployed and I'm on the COVID 19 income relief until I get another job. It's very difficult at the moment. Um, and that was pretty much me right yeah. at the yeah. moment. There's yeah. not much else going on. Yes. In my life.
1: So how are you finding your life at university now under the return to level
2: two it's, after being at level one? Um I, I prefer level one, obviously, and having the queues outside the library and that is a little bit frustrating, but um, the difference between Level 2 and Level 1 at university is pretty minimal, I find, so I'm not too worried, but I love being here in person, Hmm. as opposed to being online, because I definitely function better in person.
1: So you're doing a full-time course, you're doing first-year law, and you said you're doing
2: geography, so you're doing a number of geography papers. So I'm doing a Bachelor of Science and a Bachelor of Laws, so I'm doing a major in Geography and a minor in Environmental Science.
1: And why did you choose Environmental Science and Geography?
2: Um, I never actually did Geography in high school. I was recommended it by the course advisors here and actually the head of Geography who approached me and said that she thought that Geography would be a good fit for me um, because it is designed to fit well with having Environmental Science as a minor. So it all fits in really well and you end up doing similar topics which you can apply to each course, but I did it because I am very interested in the environment and I think geography also with human geography I'm very interested in other cultures and partnerships so that's sort of why I picked those and I also enjoy them and I'm trying to do things I enjoy. Good. Yeah. So and why did you choose north? Um, I'm also interested in law and I enjoy some aspects of law, and I would love to be able to make a good difference for the world. Okay?
1: Thank you very much. So that's good. And, oh, what about the flatting situation? Were you, you best friends from high school? Best
2: friends from high school. And you, when did you set up flat? That was actually after the first round of level two. Okay. So we. Because of changes in circumstance, because of COVID-19, we all came into a situation where we could flat. And so we moved out, I think it was May, late May, as we moved into a flat.
1: Great. So, good to know about that, because that's a shift between March, April and May, flatting together. And what's good about flatting together?
2: Uh, Independence is really nice. I love my family but having a little bit of independence was nice. Um, Being with my friends all the time was definitely something I missed during uh, lockdown, so yeah, being with them all the time, being able to be social is really nice. Um, I'm a vegetarian, so being able to cook my own meals and not feel bad about making other people eat no meat is nice. Um, And having my own space. In my own sort of responsibilities, it's quite enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And you were someone who was a child at
1: the time of the Canterbury earthquakes. Yes. Can you tell me a bit about what you most remember about that time? I don't really remember much of it. I don't like. I couldn't tell you the time frame
2: out of my own memory of how long I was gone from school or what we actually did. I know after the earthquakes because of the aftershocks, or some for some reason, we went up to Auckland for a bit, where some of my dad's family is. We went up and lived there for maybe a couple of weeks. I can't tell you why, I'm actually not too sure, but we did that. Um, and the house that we were in did get damaged by the earthquakes, and so we we moved out of that one, I think, and down to another one. But regardless, at some point, we did move out for renovations and fixing of different things. We moved into a different house for a number of months and lived there while that was all happening.
1: So how did that work with distance from school and friends and things like that? Where was the
2: first? Yeah. Where was the
1: house you were living in at the time of the it grace? It was
2: all within about, like less than a quarter of each other So you stayed in the same neighbourhood Same neighbourhood, Mm -hmm. still about five minutes from friends Uh, and I went to a school on the hill as well so it was pretty easy Um, So you went went to Cashmere Um And I remember in the September one actually my uh yeah, because um, my birthday was a couple of days after the September one, but I planned my 10th or 11th birthday party for that day. And I was talking to my parents about it the other day, actually. They said that um, they called all the other parents or the people and said, you know, are you happy to still have this birthday party tonight, even though we've had a nice quake this morning, everyone was, and we still went and had my 10th birthday in the garage, so... Yeah, there was, so that was September though, and then February was obviously a little more catastrophic.
1: Yeah. Did you eventually move back into the original house? No, we didn't. You never moved back into Mm that. But you did have to move out for repairs in a house that you moved into. Yep. Right. Good. Okay, those were the key aspects of your memory at the time. Yeah. Now we're going to make a closer leap. Because we're looking at the mosque shootings Mm. in Christchurch last year and you were at Kashmir High and in your last year of high school. That's right, yeah. So what are the core memories you have of that time?
2: Um, Well, yeah, Kashmir, I wasn't actually at school on the day. I was out in the cathedral square at the climate strike Um, and so I got evacuated from there no I didn't even get evacuated everyone was just going home and as we learned more and more I think we sort of realized the danger of the situation and ended up going up to my mum's work she works in town or she worked in town rather so I went up there and they had TVs everywhere playing the news, and I sat there for about four or five hours when town was locked down, and just learned about what was happening, and I remember being quite confused and distraught about what had happened, because it was just this sort of sentiment everyone shared of like, it doesn't happen here, sort of thing, and I think it was... A, yeah, it was sh- it was a shock for everyone but that's mainly how I felt I was very upset and yeah So did you up. go home with your mother? I ended up going home we actually dropped one of my friends home as well because I, I saw them in the bus interchange before I was meant, I was meant to be just bussing home I saw them in the bus interchange and said oh you probably shouldn't just sit here, <laughs> I don't really know what's going on. Um, dropped a friend home and went home and it was a very solemn evening at my house that night. Yeah.
1: And so what happened the next day? Was your
2: school open? That was a Friday. Yes. Oh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Mm. I remember I remember knowing that there were students who had passed away from Kashmir. Mm. And I also knew that there were students and members of the community who passed away at Hagley. Um and yeah I remember there was a vigil organised by one of the head students at that school, at my school. Um yeah and there was the assembly Um, yeah, there was an assembly just to sort of say break the news I guess. Mm. While everyone was together. Yeah. And I remember people in my year were sort of because well, it was a school of two thousand people, you didn't know everyone, still don't. And so the groups that I were in was in were less affected because we didn't know anyone who had passed away personally. But I remember there were a lot of people who were very upset, and a lot of teachers actually, who were upset because they'd had to have these classes in lockdown. So I just, yeah. Yeah, that's...
1: So did you over, in your family over that time do anything in the city itself, the leave
2: flowers or Mm -hmm. attend any of the public occasions? Yeah, so there was the there was the student vigil that we went to, well I went to Um, we went and left some flowers out by the museum actually, not by the actual mosque Um, and we went to the public vigil with that was huge in Hagley Park.
1: So that was the Friday, that was, it was, yep. that was the call to prayer, yep. which was the week after the actual shootings at the Rascal, yep. which was in Hagley Park. Yep, so that was that one. Um, so then, did you go with your friends or school or family?
2: Uh, I went with, I never went with school. I went to the, the student vigil with my friends, and I went to the... Um, call to prayer with my mum we'd met there, sort of yeah yeah
1: so what is your sense of the effect of those shootings on you know your friends or people in your school did did I mean it was a sudden dramatic traumatic event yeah what sort of effect do you think it had
2: I think a lot of people took it quite personally, as in they felt very upset that someone had sort of come to Christchurch and done this, and so I think a lot of people were made to really reflect on how they, you know, think and act around people of different races and ethnicities and people are a lot more sensitive to insensitivities. Um, I know my mum especially is. I think people who are a bit more sensitive in general are definitely more likely to stand up to racism and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess we didn't really talk about it beyond this is terrible and what what can we do hmm.
1: now, sort yeah. of thing. So the what can we do now was related to thinking about how people respond to difference in our community and diversity yeah. in the community yeah. of Christchurch.
2: I think... Mum, yeah, mum would have done some baking for families and that, I did some baking actually I remember that. I mean, baking for families, it was sort of like the immediate action and then how do we think about people, all sorts of people, mm-hmm. just different races and ethnicities. Mm-hmm. So not just
1: the particular Muslim community yeah. that had been so badly affected in yeah. those two mosques with injuries and yeah. deaths but also thinking about other people in Christchurch who came from diverse backgrounds, immigrants and refugees and people like that. Thank you. That's good. So let's move now to the main focus for the interview, which are the impacts of COVID-19, and in particular, the levels and what that has meant, how, how the strategies for keeping ourselves safe from
2: the virus have had an impact on you and others in your age
1: group. So um, can you tell me a bit about what it was like when we went into lockdown? Well, first we were in lockdown three, and then we were in lockdown four from the 26th of March. So you barely started university when we went into lockdown. Can you tell us a bit about how your life was at the time and what difference it made to you? Right. Um... Well, first I want to preface by saying I think
2: that the way it was all done was good, and any criticism I make of it, or any if I, you know, when I say it made me feel lonely or upset, that's not a critique of how they did it because it was just what had to be done, really. So I'm very happy that we are in this situation now where it's a lot better off. But of course, it did have some negative. So I think I was four, four or five weeks into university, and I was at my family friend's fiftieth birthday, and I saw just a message from the university saying pretty much like we are closed, we're starting the holidays early because the holidays were a week away. The mid semester holidays a week away, and it was week five, and so they just said week six is cancelled. And we're going to be working on how to do this from now on. And that's when we found out we were going into level three and then level four. Um, and so we kind of said goodbye to my friends and went home and prepared. I we went out to Spotlight and got a whole bunch of random knitting and crafting things and proceeded to not use any of it. Um, But you had intentions. Uh, I had intentions of doing things. I did a bit of knitting, actually, I lie. Um, And then went home and sort of we just kind of were like, what are we even going to do? What's uni going to happen? How's that going to go about? And, you know, they gradually told us that we were going to be doing everything online and they sent out nice messages of the dean of law, like, saying, you know, and stuff um but yeah then into level three and level four I mean it was like 24 hours of level three so something yeah um level four uni was very I found it personally very 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 difficult um I do hold myself to a high standard um But I found watching lectures very difficult, I found um, doing the exams very difficult. I found, because I had a lot of plans at the start of the year as well, I had plans that I was organising a conference, I was, you know, helping with the strikes, I was doing a whole lot of things and effectively those just had to be cancelled because we didn't know what was happening and we didn't want to be postponing things forever. Um, and so all my extracurricular things were pretty much gone. Um, I didn't have any, well, I was with my family, which was nice, but yeah, I didn't have any friends or anything. We called, but it wasn't really the same. A lot of my friends were with their partners, and I didn't have a partner, so I still didn't have a partner, so I was sort of like, a little bit of over there, because I sort of had someone else to be there with but I was definitely just sort of by myself with my family um so tell me a bit about
1: who your family consisted of that time who was in your crucial bubble my
2: bubble was my mum and dad who mum was able to work from home but dad um my family owns a cafe so dad couldn't work from home because can't operate the cafe and we weren't going to do takeaway or anything because it was just going to be difficult um and then a younger brother and a younger sister, and the younger brother, so they're 14 and six, 13 and 16 rather, and my younger brother has autism. So that made things a little bit more difficult because we had to get him into a routine. That wasn't always reliable because people were all up in the air with COVID really. Um, and so, oh and in that time we were also meant to be moving house in April. So during level, later on in level three I think we moved house, it was, yep that would make sense. Level three we did our moving house and level four we had to call that off and so there was a lot of stress about all the things we'd packed up and were ready to move. It was like a week away we were meant to move so everything was pretty much gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so kind of just sitting there was very minimal things and not wanting to do much because we didn't want to have more things to move and not knowing we could move. And it was okay, really. But that was interesting. And so, yeah, we did end up moving house. And it did move into the house you were intended to move into. Yes, Yes. yep. So we moved because, yeah, it wasn't occupied. So we didn't have to wait for them to, which was good. Um, And so... Oh, and I've got three dogs and three cats in my family home, so it was also, days usually consisted of walking the dogs, one or two of the dogs, and doing my lectures, and my very, very, very busy life very quickly became a very, very, very boring life. Can you tell us a bit more about what you've
1: referred to as your extracurricular activities, which is around the environment and climate change and you said you were organising or with others organising yeah. a conference, could you tell us a bit more about that, because um, that was then cancelled
2: yeah, or Yeah, so I,
1: I had team sports, I played
2: netball. Um, it's gone ahead now, but by the time I was sort of motivated enough to sign myself up it was over. So, um, But yeah, I did sports, I had the Climate Challenge Conference, which I was coordinating in Christchurch. So when was that supposed to be? That was meant to be, well, see, it was very early on, luckily, so we hadn't actually really organised everything, but it was meant to be July, August. Um, I was organising that on a committee of about seven or eight young people, including myself, um, and that had to just be disbanded because the... um, national coordinators just said look we don't know when we're gonna be able to run anything ever again, so it's just not which was So that yeah. that organizing group that you were on, was that a
1: Christchurch based one or was it a national one?
2: We were I was coordinating the Christchurch team and then I got orders from the national team. Um, the school strikes, obviously kind of mass gatherings. So that didn't really happen.
1: So you, as someone who'd left school, were involved with people who were at high school yep. who were planning their own
2: climate yep. strikes so over that time. And yeah, in 2019, I did a lot of the work for the school strikes in Christchurch and in New Zealand, actually. So I sort of was able to give a little bit of a hand while passing on the baton, Um and so I was sort of helping out a little bit there, but then when things sort of went down, I didn't really know how to help, and they didn't really, they wanted to focus on school and stuff, and so. And they were also often
1: not at school and doing online yeah, schoolwork as well. senior
2: students. Yeah. 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 Um, that was that, pretty much. I kind of remember what else I had on.
1: Sounds very busy, sounds very busy, and but also in 2019 when you were doing that climate yeah. school strike activity, you were very active within Christchurch and you yes. say nationally, yeah. and you also wrote a lot, didn't you, because you yes. had a column yeah. in the press newspaper around issues of the environment yes. and I, climate change?
2: Yeah,
1: I, I lost that job because of...
2: COVID-19. Um, so tell me more about that. You lost it because a lost data. it. Um, I don't
1: know. I didn't really get much of an explanation. Yes. Kind of so you had a column oh, in yeah, the press. Yeah. And then, so what, you were told
2: you would no longer be asked to write that column? Yeah. Well, it was a paid mm. column. So I just got a call from the editor one day and he said, look, I'm so sorry, but we don't, you know, advertisers obviously aren't advertising. <laughs> And so we can't keep on our columnists anymore. And it was kind of, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> well, that's a very significant impact. Yes. That <laughs> <laughs> level four response yeah, to COVID-19 had because yeah. it, it was something you were paid to do and you wrote the column weekly, uh, fortnightly. 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 Um, And it was also a way of you publicly communicating with others as a young person about the issues that you thought were important.
2: Yeah, it was a big, big loss. It was one of my proudest sort of achievements. And to have it sort of taken away was pretty upsetting. Um, Yeah, it was something I was very passionate about. And it was very disappointing to not be able to do it anymore. Um, yeah, and the
1: interaction you had with the editor was that they were sorry.
2: Yeah, but well, they know, just didn't lovely, have the money to pay. You know, advice. I I got the feeling he'd been doing that all morning he'd just been calling people and saying, look, you know, I just can't.
1: So when these things started closing down, like the group that was planning that conference, did you continue to have? email or zoom or telephone conversations with them or did the end of the planning mean a cut off of connection
2: with that network of people pretty much yeah there was probably one or two sort of social zoom calls we did but it just it dropped off so yeah that's the loss of that sort of group and then with the school strikes as well that was the loss of that group so at that time
1: were you involved in any other form
2: of paid work? Yeah, so I worked as a chef um, at a gelato dessert cafe. Um, and so that was, like, what was sort of keeping me going. It wasn't like, I love going to uni. It was, like I love going to work. Because I, I still have heaps of friends there. Well, not really anymore because I never see them. But um, it was about level, so prior to moving into my flat, obviously I wanted financial security so I had sort of said to them, hey, is this, you know, is everything okay? And they reassured me that it was going to be fine I was going to keep my job. So um, I was pretty happy with that and then it was level two when, um, yeah, I got my notice that I couldn't work there anymore. Yeah. So you were,
1: they were receiving the wage subsidy for you and yeah. they were passing that on yeah. to you. So you're getting some money during that level four yeah. and so into level three, three lockdown period.
2: have savings and money, which was nice. But um, yeah, when we went back into level two, I didn't.
1: Okay. So are they still operating... But with reduced staff. Yep. Yeah. So did you start doing that before you came to university? Did you do it as a high school student? That was was December. Okay, Okay. so that was really your summer before going to university job. You worked in the gelato cafe. So you'd done that more full-time over the summer when you didn't have... Yeah,
2: pretty much full-time over the summer, and then I went into part-time. But I was working quite a few hours before... Into lockdown.
1: And you enjoyed it. I loved it. Was, it. <laughs> you said you loved it more than university. I did. <laughs> so why? Because of the group of friends.
2: Um, it was good people. It was. Oh, the hours. You know, it was early hours, but I enjoyed it because I got up early and I went there and I would go to uni. Um, I loved making gelato. Making gelato is very fun, and you get to try it and you get to just be in this kitchen making food and it's very fun and I loved it Um, So that was your morning thing a few
1: times a week before Mm -hmm. you went into university and at university you had some friends from high school but you were also
2: in groups where you didn't know anyone Yeah, I still don't have any friends at university because I'd been here for ten weeks maybe, I remember it was five weeks and then we went into lockdown again and then at level two people have gradually been coming back but um no was, I mean five weeks to make a connection is pretty hard especially when you're all trying to study as well um so yeah I don't really have any friends at uni apart from ones I know from high school some of the friends you made at Kashmir High did come to university yeah I've got. and are some of them flatting with you no, none of the people I'm flirting with are studying. So Sorry. I've got one or two people at university who I see every now and then. But
1: people in your flat are people who are doing a
2: lot of other things.
1: Yeah. So what are they doing? They're working full-time. Yeah. And have they kept their jobs? Uh, one didn't, but he's found full-time work again. Yeah. So, yeah. So two out of the four of you were affected in terms of loss of... Yeah. Job. Yours part-time, his full-time, mm-hmm. and he's found another job. Was there anything that you actually liked about the lockdown period?
2: Honestly, no. Like, <laughs> well, that's good, <laughs> that to, to be honest. remotely... <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not even your opportunities to pick up that knitting.
2: No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, the free time was nice for, like, a couple of days, but... I just, like, having the lack of social interaction and everything just kind of falling down around me just really made it difficult to work on anything or be motivated, you know, you had to have your own self-motivation to even get up in the because you weren't getting up for anything. So it was very difficult to stay motivated in that period and I was pretty much just scraping the bare minimum with university and physical exercise and that was it
1: so you had the dogs to walk That was I, did, exercise. I had
2: well yeah I've got I've got my own dog who's one and so did he move with you into your he has flat. sleepovers uh, but he, because we got three dogs we like to keep him with um so he does sleepovers at your flat but yes. his
1: home base is home still home your house parents home yeah. yeah. So can you tell me a bit more about what was so difficult about the online study? Mm-hmm. You said you get more motivated by a face-to-face yes. lecture rather than a
2: recorded
1: video of a lecture.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I guess watching, you know, like, law's fun, but first-year law's very dry. And so watching a person talk about it is boring, but watching... A person speak over a PowerPoint it's kind of even more boring and I think again it came down to just my lack of motivation because I wasn't seeing anybody apart from my family who were great but it's not the same as being here and being able to go to the library and talk to my friends about the course or what they're doing or what you know what we could do after our study of that day um, and so I guess the lack of it was just sitting at my desk watching something, pretty much sitting like for five hours, just straight, just watching something, not having anything to look forward to, not, being, not thinking, you know, oh, I can't wait to see my friend in this class, or I can't wait to see my friend in this tutorial, or yeah. And the definitely the sadness, I think, of losing a lot of what I was really proud of made it difficult too. Which was your life. Outside of yeah. study yeah, and in the community. Yeah, that definitely made it really difficult to focus on study. And there was, yeah, I was very, very close to dropping my degree because I was just not really coping. And the fact that I had lost so much, which motivated me, didn't really motivate me to do this course, which is also going to be five or six years of my life. And I was just kind of like, I just can't. And because I loved my work so much, mm-hmm. I really wanted to just do that.
1: But, um, so you thought you'd just make
2: gelato? Well, I just thought I'd do that until I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. Or I felt more motivated to do something,
1: or I don't know. So you were seriously thinking of withdrawing from university and just doing your job and going back to full time work? making gelato so at what point did you decide
2: to carry on with the study um probably I contacted the scholarships office and they pretty much said if you drop out you'll have to give all the money back and I was kind of like I don't want to do that (laughs) so I sort of thought and I talked to my parents and they were you know, they're very open, but they were like, "You're not dropping out," and I was like, "Okay." So. So
1: was that towards the end of that?
2: That level four lockdown level period. level three, level
1: two. Mm. So you come out of level four, but yep. you were still in level three. You were still really yep. online, weren't you? Yep, mm. Pretty much. So we're talking now, end of March to twenty-eighth of. April before we actually came out of level four so we're looking at it's May that's this key
2: time and that's when assignments are due and exam uh, preparation exams I performed quite poorly in my exams which now is very stressful now because I don't know if I'm going to get into my second year of law Um, because I just Honestly with my exams I just didn't care. I was just I just didn't want to be doing them. I didn't want to be doing them online. I didn't have the motivation to be sitting there in this weird environment at home. Mm, yeah, no, it wasn't fun. Mm.
1: So that was May, sort of towards the end of May? Yeah. Second exactly. and half of May you were writing yeah. exams. How was that managed online?
2: Um, it was just completely open book Everything was open mm. book So that so you got the questions It was open book And you had about 24 hours I think or To some, complete Some places you had 24 hours to do like a 3 hour exam So you just start it whenever you wanted to And yet it would give you 3 hours to do it It was just Yeah And without someone sort of being there to go Right you need to start now It was like You had to be very self-managing of your time. Usually I am very self-managed, but when you have to self-manage everything, I think it can be a little bit more difficult. Yes. And you were doing quite a lot of courses because you're doing this conjoint degree. Yeah, so it's no more than a normal course load, but it's just, even you know, it's like when you're using different citation styles, it's just two different ways of thinking, which is fine. I mean, geography, I don't have any issues with its law. That's the painful one. Yes. After the semester break, you were back back in person. person. And then we had level two again. And it was just sort of moved online with 50% capacity for lectures, theatres, and tutorials were back online again, apart from the practical geography ones. You have to wear a mask and sort of meter apart from each other and so again not very social which is fine it's just what we have to do but it didn't doesn't really help me my study I don't think
1: so what was it like to come back
2: after that
1: after the semester break and start the second semester at level one did that feel more
2: oh, it was optimistic great. it was really really good it was really nice to be back on campus and just have a purpose and going and being able to go to the gym again just more directive when it's like right I have to be at uni at nine for a lecture let's go and you know back to making my own lunches and I don't know I, I don't know what it is but as soon as there's like interaction and being somewhere and having the opportunity to sort of really put myself in the zone is like, so much easier than being at home because as, yeah, as soon as we were back it was back to trying to be healthy and trying to get good exercise and trying to maintain friendships and all sorts and trying to maintain study and then when you go back to level two again uh we had our yeah, mid semester break and then we came back and they sort of said, oh, look, we're still at 50% capacity, but I've been coming, and I haven't really had much of a difference apart from lining up outside the library and wearing a mask and lectures and tutorials.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it feels, although it's 50% in the larger lecture theatres and things like that, it feels a bit more like it was oh level one. Well, yeah, one. they're
2: probably struggling mm-hmm. to get 50% capacity in some lectures, so...
1: Because it's the end of the year. It's the end of the
2: year, and and I've I've never been turned away from a lecture, theatre, which is good. So, yeah, it's not too bad. Okay, so
1: all the lectures you wanted to attend at the 50% capacity, you've actually been able to get into. Yep. Yes. So, level one was exciting because you were back, and it was different from that long period in semester one um, when you... We're doing you were predominantly, it was you and your computer. Yeah. And now there there is some of that, but there is also a bit of face to face and some interaction. What about interaction with lecturers and people yeah, taking tutorials it's good things. to be able
2: to ask questions and actually be in person and even just walking from lecture to lecture is nice because it's like you get some sun and you get some exercise and you see people on the way and yeah. So your flatmates in your flat yeah. are not
1: studying, so they, did, what was it like to try and communicate to them what was problematic for you? Um, I, pro- I didn't really talk, we don't really talk about it,
2: I don't really talk about uni, was them? Yeah. You have other things that, yeah, that
1: are important talk about in your life. yeah yeah. So now I'm getting on to sort of thinking about these impacts on well-being and your plans for the future. Because you did have, yes. in the low point of lockdown, when you were level, level three, level two, you thought, what am I doing? I can postpone this, etc. And then you found out from the scholarship office that there were financial constraints and your yeah. parents um, were not supportive. Yeah. Um, but you did move out of, you did do something new. You moved out of home and you mm-hmm. went into your flat, and eventually you came back after yeah. that semester break into semester two when it was at level one. Yeah. So, do you think that this pandemic and the restrictions on movement and gatherings has affected your well being, your sense of what makes up yourself and what? makes you feel good about the world
2: yeah probably there hasn't really been much going for me at the moment so yeah so and that's because
1: the restrictions actually got in the way of all the dimensions of the things you did in your life the very different things the political life the um, sport and netball um, and you have the face-to-face aspects of your yeah. study life.
2: Yeah, it definitely is very difficult.
1: And then there's the financial issues associated with you were on wage subsidy. Yeah. And then you lost that job. And what you lost was the contact with people and yeah. the fun you had on the job.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the financial aspect is very stressful as well. Now that I am flashing, I'm signed into a lease... Till February, um, yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do there,
1: really. So, you were on the wage subsidy when you actually got made
2: redundant. Um, what did that mean financially? Uh, so, yeah, I was eligible for the income relief, um, but that will that runs up in twelve weeks. Okay.
1: So, is that was that close to the level of the wage
2: subsidy? Um, yeah, so that was the same yeah.
1: It was just the continuation of the subsidy, but it, but it won't continue. Yeah. So will you be looking for other forms of pay Yeah, work? I mean, I'm
2: desperately looking, but, you know. Um, I know my, my parents were looking for someone to do barista work, and the hours that they were wanting just didn't work with my university schedule. But they put up a job posting, and they got 120 applications in three days. Yeah, so it's just like everyone is looking. And so, yeah, I've applied for tens of jobs. But it's so in the
1: hospitality area? Everywhere, anything. It's so what are the jobs? Hospitality,
2: hospitality retail, yard work. Anything, you know, you can't be picky at the moment. So you where do you, where
1: do you access the job opportunities?
2: Um you've got Seek, you've got Indeed, you've got Trade Me, you've got Facebook couple, you know, sometimes there's job advertised on Facebook. Um,
1: yeah. So you're scanning those and you're applying yeah. And applying, and applying, mm-hmm. and what sort of response do you get? Oh, you don't get a response. You don't get any no. response. You only get a response if someone has and, decided you're it. Yeah. Or that they're going to interview you. Yeah, I've,
2: I've got an interview or two, and then, yeah, obviously don't get them. And you don't hear back. You just go in for the interview, and then... In. Because That's there's a such a surplus mm-hmm.
1: of people.
2: There's a lot of people.
1: And is this happening to other people you know who are studying at the moment, and... Wanting hospitality jobs?
2: No one else has lost their job. So it's just me. The <laughs> yeah, it's <that sucks>. Alex. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So other people you know have been in hospital work and they've managed to be kept on by the people mm. that they're working for. Yeah. So um, what about your plans for the future, for the summer, for... Next year, have they been affected by what's happened this year, the pandemic, yes, the yeah. levels of restriction on movement,
2: etc. yes um, Yeah, so I wanted to go back to Japan at the end of this year. I hadn't booked any flights or anything, which was good. But, yeah, as soon as coronavirus started becoming a big thing in Asia, that was put on a halt. So I'm not doing that anymore, obviously. Yeah. Um, I thought I was going to be able to work over the summer, but I'm struggling to get anything at the moment, so, we'll see. Um, yeah, and like next year, I don't, I just need, I'm just keeping on going with my degree, probably, unless something, I don't know, nothing better is going to come up, but, yeah, I'm not really, I'm not optimistic about the future, I'm not really thinking too. Hard about any plans. I just want to be over, really. You said you want to go back to Japan. So when were you in Japan? Could you talk a bit about that? 2017. So I did the language at high school for five years. Um. So it was 2017 for three weeks, and so I wanted to go back and see my host family. And we'd hosted students and my family as well. So I wanted to go back there and see them, see friends I'd made. And kept in touch with us, um, but I no, obviously can't do that anymore. Yeah.
1: yeah. So that so the idea was you're going to save money. You're going to be. Yeah. I was going to stay at home. Stay at, stay at home and save money at the gelato yeah. production chef job. Yeah. And then when were you planning to go? When university completed? Yeah. So December.
2: And come back for Christmas.
1: Yeah. So that's an important plan that Mm. was a reconnection.
2: Yeah, well, I was going to go
1: with the friends that I'd gone on the trip. But But, So when you're looking at your study for next year, to go back to that feeling, you know, you you go on with the study, but you were sort of saying, I go on the study, there's not much else I can do. That's not so positive, is it?
2: No, not really. No, there's just not much. Yeah, I'll just go me at the moment.
1: Yeah. But what about, assuming that you complete this law course this year and you get into second year law, are there things that, topics, courses that you could do, that you'd want to do,
2: that would yeah. meet your interests? Second year law, you have to do four full year courses. Um, so next year I'm doing... Contract law, public law, and land law, which are need to be really boring, <laughs> so I'm not looking forward to those at all.
1: But potentially useful.
2: Probably useful. There's something like 800 cases you have to memorise for one of them, so I'm just kind of dreading that. And so what's the fourth paper? And then for my other ones, I'll be doing environmental science and... Mm-hmm geography. There's a transport paper which I'm doing which which should be fun but you know, I'm not ready and rearing to get back into it when you're on holiday. I probably will be actually just for something to do. Hmm. So thinking
1: about this, you know, has it changed your life and your thoughts for the future? Well yes, it has changed your life. It's turned you into a much more private person in terms of not really No, that. okay. so tell me why I'm wrong in saying that I was thinking of all these public activities that uh-huh. you were involved in and that w- were not possible
2: and right. were cancelled um, well I suppose I never really I was never really like a public person to begin with Like I just sort of organised things and you don't really know about me if you also organise things so it wasn't really like, a, and you know, like I was just someone who had opinions and wrote about them. It wasn't like I was a. That sounds like a public life to me. Oh. Well, no one really like. It wasn't about my life. <laughs> no, it wasn't about you. No, it was, it was about, about things
1: you cared about. Yeah, it was about
2: things I cared about, but. Um, I never really associated like my life with that. Or if that was my, that was me publicly, putting put my, my opinions, but mm. anyone can write a letter to the editor or what, you know, and that doesn't necessarily make them a public figure it doesn't really mean that they put their life out there, I guess. I don't know. And I'm not really... I think I was always quite private. I was always quite aware and tried to definitely separate my private life with... We know. And valued your private life yeah. as separate
1: from yeah. a public life where you were making statements yeah. about political matters yeah. that mattered to you. Yeah. That's good. So getting into the last point now about what, you know, who or what has helped you during this time when you've had what... Significant challenges and setbacks. Are there people, or are there activities or anything in your environment that's been a source of support or help? Um.
2: Funnily enough, exercise has been good. It just you know it's mentally, mentally, scientifically good for you or something, but it also makes me feel like I'm doing something. And I can do it even if I'm not at university, even though it's better if I can go to the gym. But it's very, it's purposeful and it thinks of the future as well as the present, um, which is helpful and it makes you feel accomplished and all that. So that's been really helpful. Exercise. And for you,
1: that's been going to the gym. Yeah. And it's been walking?
2: Yeah, walking. So having the walking tracks when I lived up on the hill was really nice because you could walk along them and it was frustrating actually because I do live like a good 15 minutes, 15 minute drive away from university so when I am, at, when it is level 2 and we're not meant to come in, um, there is a gym right by my house, it's the pioneer one but it's very very expensive even with a student discount so I can't afford it. Um, have having had that would have been helpful. Even just the pool would have been helpful just to get me out of the house and that. Um, so do you use the university gym? I use the university gym, yeah, it's free. So don't have to pay for it. Which is good. Um, I don't really talked to people about it. It's just not really. I am social, but I just don't really... You don't unburden yourself in yeah, getting might. these things off your chest. No. It's more like you just go on living. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I suppose yeah, my parents have been good. I can still yeah, go home and see them whenever I want to, which is nice. And my dog. My dog's been great.
1: And it's a young dog, just a year old. He's, yeah, he was one a couple of weeks ago. So really, he's been almost a puppy over yeah, this a period, period of yeah. time.
2: So it's been nice to be home with him more, but also means that he's a bit needy now, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so he's a bit needy
1: now because you're That's back at uni. are all home, yeah. You, yes, all
2: home, all
1: so time. he was used to the family, your bubble yeah. being at home. Our bubble was
2: at home and then we all left and he didn't know what was happening. And then you like moved, actually, into, and then I moved out, and he was all very confused, probably. But yeah, bless yeah. them. All the dogs were like that actually. But three. So yeah. Yeah.
1: But he's your special he's one. He's my special.
2: Mm. And he's mine.
1: And does the odd day or overnight yeah. at your place. Yeah. 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 So thinking more generally. Um, what things could be done set in Christchurch now that would be helpful for people in your age group, men or women, but maybe young women in particular. What would make a difference
2: to you now? I think the ability to be social has been really impacted. So I guess it's hard to say social events because you could you can plan a social event and have it all ready and then we could be plunged into level 4 any given, well we probably won't be touch with. Um, yeah, we could yeah be plunged into level 4 again at any given moment so it's sort of difficult to ask that I think yeah. so opportunities for con-
1: social contact yeah. would make a difference and accomplishment I think
2: like I feel accomplished when I volunteer or when I even, like, if I go second-hand shopping or something, like, you feel good about it and you feel like you've made a good choice or something. Yeah. So. so you buy
1: pre-loved clothes and you
2: yeah, make that I contribution. That, I know. I mean, getting more people into the city as well. Um, I don't really advocate for car transport, but when parking was free, I remember I was going to the city almost every day because, you know, it didn't cost as much. And I could give that money they I would spend on parking to other, you know, places. But when parking costs as much as taking the bus, obviously you're going to take the car. So out. what about bus fares? Yeah, if bus fares. Re- make, make buses free and make them more efficient and reform the bus system. I mean, that's an ECAN thing. But for young
1: people in particular who don't have a lot of money how the bus system works
2: and improving the bus system it's useless the bus system in my opinion what would make it better efficiency because if you're going to pay for a service you want it to be performing to a higher standard than the other options and the other options are taking your car and paying a dollar extra to be there on time be there quickly be there without being in an environment which is usually pretty disgusting you know I've been on buses where there's been beer spilled in the back of the bus where someone's just peed on it where someone's you know it's pretty gross and the buses themselves aren't actually that nice you know like they tried to add charging ports which was great but then charging ports get broken um do they come on time? no you know, you'll get like three orbiters come all at once where they're meant to be a 10 minutes apart. I know that's hard. I know that there's things that happen. You know, we're all human in human error, but the bus system can be a lot better and the routes can be a lot better because the interchange is good. It's great they've got that now, but I think a lot of the routes are sort of a bit redundant sometimes when you see buses going up the hill or going around with no one on them. It's a little bit confusing. Yeah, there's definitely things that can be done to public transport and cycle lanes, because you know exercise. I've said that that's already something that's good for you and good for women especially. I think because I don't know I feel like there's more women sort of into their biking, sort of two places. I think if that's a thing. Right, so so movement
1: in cycle lanes. Well, yeah, be I mean, and cheaper bus services and more efficient bus services yeah. and better routes. Yeah.
2: And, I mean, same with biking, I mean, when you improve cycle lanes and make them more safer, you know, more people use them and more women will use them because at the moment it's very much like a get all your gear on and strap up and get out there and stuff. Um, so of expansion of the kind of things they've got in the city with the segregated lanes would be great because at the moment I would not bike to any other than not bike to town. You have to go on, like, a road and
1: all these horrible places. Yeah, so it's safe bike lanes that would make a difference in terms of you being where you are in Hoonhae and getting to the university or to
2: town and back. Yeah, Yeah. because, you know, they've got, like, a bike safe and they've got all these things that you can take your bike to, but I'm not going to use it if I feel like I'm going to be wiped out by a car at any given moment, so... Yeah, just the improvement of public transport, I think, to get more people into the city, to be more social and be more active and also improve the economy, you know, Mm. feedback into the economy.
1: So to go on about these social events,
2: I mean, often in
1: Christchurch over the summer, the city council does organise Mm. lower-scale social events. If those were able to happen over the summer, would they make a difference to you?
2: I think they would because you've got events like they've got the Holly Festival, they've got Electric Avenue, they've got all these different things which you go to to have fun and to have a good time and you go with your mates and you make a big day of it and I think that's again it's purpose and it's
1: accomplishment and yeah. And that depends on us being
2: at level one. Mm. I can't really do Zoom call a festival, but
1: yeah no. So I don't get a sense from you that Zoom or digital communication in terms of connection with friends or WhatsApp or FaceTime or whatever have actually been very useful in terms of maintaining those connections? Nah.
2: I'm I'm just not I don't know what is wrong with me, but I just hate going on, like, online to message and stuff. I'm bad at it. I hate sitting down and having to, like, think about what I'm going to type and do it and think about it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's potentially me being lazy, but I don't know. I just find it a big effort and a big deal to schedule a Zoom call and do it and be there and stuff. Whereas going for coffee with someone is a lot more fun or going to get a drink with someone is a lot more relaxed and less of a big event, I don't know know why. And potentially spontaneous, is that?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, because you can't really have a spontaneous Zoom call. Why would you it's not like, they're fun or anything?
1: So the Zoom calls you have participated in, what are your comments on those? (laughs)
2: <laughs> I don't know if I can't yeah. remember who I've been in Zoom calls with ha, yeah. Have, yeah. Yes. They were okay But you'd have come into things where the internet would break down Or if you we were trying to have a big talk with your mates Or if you were trying to You know, like hang out as a group In this Zoom call You'd have people Cut out Or you'd have people having to leave To go get dinner Or having to do something Or not really wanting to call at that time Because it was a big event and so it was just kind of difficult, and it's just a lot of effort for great talking to people, but kind of just a pain. And then you have to end it at some point as well, whereas when you're hanging out with someone, you're kind of like, oh, I have to be somewhere or something, or, you know, you might just have more of a fluid way to end it. Whereas with the Zoom call, it's kind of like, okay, literally time to abruptly end <laughs> this interaction. Yeah, and whoever has
1: facilitated it or being the person who set it up. Yeah. They cut it off
0: and yeah. it's all gone. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Listen to more stories from Making the Most of Now on Plains FM 96.9, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 5pm. And get the podcast at planesfm.org.nz, Spotify and Apple Podcasts.